Welcome to episode 11 of the New Balances podcast. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined today by a guy we will call Buddy. Buddy, welcome to New Balances. How you doing? I'm well, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. So uh, when we were in a sort of a group chat, because we both listened to uh, Kirk Minahan show and are involved with the different uh, characters and parody accounts uh, that uh, revolve around the Kirk Minahan universe, you know, I heard you uh, talk about uh, a, you had recently been married and you said that you got married on leap day and it just sent alarm bells off in my head. I was like, oh crap, I, I got married on leap day. I got to talk to this guy and hear a little bit about uh, his story and uh, where he's coming from because not too many people get married on leap day. Yeah, I honestly, I hadn't met anybody else yet. Um Obviously, we haven't, um, you know, both of our marriages haven't exactly been, um, they're not even two years yet. But um, but I still hadn't, I, I, I tell everybody, yeah, we got married on leap day, whatever, like very excited. I tell the same joke about, you know, this is because I want to go on vacation every four years, not every five years, like, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> um, I mean, like, say, you know, save money on the anniversary gifts. So I, do, I do the whole song and dance. But I never met somebody else that like, and I shouldn't be so amazed. It's like, it's a day that stands out on the calendar, the same way that like you know um, um, New Year's Eve does, but I, I, I was shocked the same way that you were when I heard that. Yeah. So my wife and I, my thing was I wanted to get married in the winter because I hate the heat. And know what you mean? I was like, all right, maybe if we get married in the winter, we'll get some snow. It'll be some pretty dope pictures. Uh, and she goes, all right, if we're gonna get married in the winter, I want to pick the day. I said, that's fine. And she was looking at the calendar and she goes, all right, February 29th. And I was like, oh, all right, that's interesting. I, I've never, you know, heard of or met people who got married on leap day. Because mm-hmm. on top of, you know, uh, it being a leap day, it was also a Saturday. So a leap day to fall on a Saturday. I was like, oh, okay, this, this is gonna be good. And then when I was mm-hmm. telling my family about it, they were like, uh, one of my brothers said, bullshit there's only 28 days in February. And I was like, <laughs> dude, go look at a calendar. He's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I um so I know it's pretty stupid but like one of the things that I liked about then like so we kind of thought the same thing like we're like we, we don't want to get uh, we've done the summer weddings we've we've you know sweated through a suit you know we the, the whole song and dance um but like so so then we, we were kind of thinking New Year's Eve um and the reason you're from Providence right you're you're from around here I grew up in Cranston uh, okay yeah. and then moved to Warwick and then from mm-hmm. Warwick, I've been all over the world. So are you familiar with the G-Pub, like downtown? No, yeah, not too yeah. much. So I, so I left Rhode Island before I hit the legal drinking age. I see. Well, there's, there's like a, a beautiful place down city. We we went and, you know, viewed it to because we want, we're getting married. You know, we're seeing venues and shit. And uh, they were like, oh, how much is the down payment for uh, New Year's Eve? And they told us 50 grand. And we're like, <laughs> we're like, well, um let's find another day. And so I literally just went down the calendar on the Saturdays and I just seen that that one ended up, you know, I was like, that's just really cool, you know, and it's far enough down the winter that it'll be cool, but it won't be too bad kind of thing. You know what I mean? It happened to be real nasty weather. Like, I don't know if if you thought so, but the wind in in Bristol was so gross that day. So Uh, we, we we, we didn't, we got married uh, here in Boston in the mission Hill section. 
and uh it was not not horrible at all like the sun was shining uh it was you know a little wind i guess but not too bad at all Mm -hmm. yeah we we we, uh we got married in barrington took our pictures uh down uh on down hope street in bristol if you know where that is Mm -hmm. um and uh down so if you know that area where the london place mansion is that's where we got our our pictures and uh we're outside for just a few and it just it was so nasty that that wind coming off that water is just it was so bad yeah but, i mean um, it was definitely cold up in uh boston and you mm-hmm. know thankfully i was able to wear a pea coat and i got my wife uh this uh like cloak thing with a hood so that she could, oh, nice. could wear that and i was like it's gonna be a pretty cool pic. our photographer hated it and i was like dude you work for us like this yeah, is fuck you, <laughs> this is what we're yeah. gonna wear <laughs> and uh i don't know if you're familiar with uh, so we got actually had our reception at a bar because i worked as a bouncer there mm-hmm. and they gave us a pretty sweet deal and all in all like you know we paid under 10k for oh wow for everything food mm-hmm. open bar uh, that's awesome yeah there's a sweetheart deal you know getting mm-hmm. that employee discount and um you know, we took our uh, majority of our photos were in the church, but then like her and I had our own little photo shoot on the pedestrian bridge going over Storo Drive overlooking the Charles River and having Cambridge in the background. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty awesome photos right at sunset. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So moving along, uh, how did you meet your wife? It's, uh, you know, we're now in almost getting towards the last quarter of 2021 and we got married in 2020 so i'm gonna go ahead and go out on a limb and assume that you met her on a dating app yeah oh yeah 100 you got me all right that's it how else do young people meet people anymore i don't i don't know i mean back you know you're only a few years younger than me but like dating apps were not a thing uh so i was in seminary for 10 years studying to be a catholic priest and dating apps smartphones didn't exist when i went Mm -hmm. away and when I came back out and I had this whole world in front of me and I was like, uh, what do you, what do you mean? I can find people on dating app like <laughs> in my, in my room or in my, oh, I just hit the mic. My bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, swiping back and forth and I don't have to go to a bar to meet somebody or, you know, run into them uh, in a grocery store. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't have to, we don't have to skip the uh, awkward is she into me stage. Yes. She's into me. I have a chance to talk to her. You know yeah. what I mean? Or so. immediately get that. Uh, oh, you matched. Okay. Common ground. I, let's go. <laughs> can I ask why you, why did you leave the seminary? I wanted a family. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you reason to leave. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was uh, looking down the barrel of, um, you know, making my vows for forever. And mm-hmm. I was uh, thinking like, you know, I've always had in the back of my head and weighing heavy on my heart that I wanted to have a wife and family. So mm-hmm. I said, uh, now that I'm, I have doubt, I'm going to step away. And in my head, I said, if I don't find somebody within, you know, three to five years, then, you know, I can go back. It's not a big mm-hmm. deal. Um, yeah. And, you know, I dated around, uh, met a few people and then I met my wife. And after the first date, I was like, okay, this one's different. Mm-hmm. Was I, I, um, hmm, like was, did you always want to be a priest or, you know what I'm trying to say? Cause like, if you yeah, want, I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm interested cause you wanted, you knew you always wanted a family, but you also like, 
like uh, a pursuit yeah, I had of priesthood, a, you know? I had a, a so. draw to it for, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. The way that I like to try to mentally illustrate it is as if uh, something's pulling at your heart and you're just following that tug. Yep. Um, so it started when, I would, like it was in my head in high, uh, middle school, but then my senior year of high school, uh, I had a grandmother get sick with cancer and she was in hospice. And I skipped school one day to go visit her. And I witnessed her getting uh, the last rites, mm-hmm. the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. And when I saw that, like things just started clicking. And I said, all right, I witnessed this. I've never witnessed it before. What's this all about? And I did some research. And the more research I did and the more that I came to know and understand what was happening, the more I just sort of fell in love with it and wanted to go, you know, full send and yep. figure it out. Know what you mean? Yeah. Um. So, I met my wife on Bumble. Which app did you use to to find your girl? <laughs> so I I honestly we just we met on Tinder. We're both you know I it's it's tough because like when you say that like everybody laughs and they're like oh I know what the you guys app. are after <laughs> yeah I know what you guys are after and it's just honestly kind of like. I mean, I hope her mom doesn't hear that, but like, yeah, like, you know what I mean? I'm just like, I was like being a human. I had just bought a house. Like I just broke up with a girl. Like I was like, I don't know. I'm trying to have some fun. And then I like, this is like a joke, obviously, even though like, then like I meet this like blonde bombshell, you know what I mean? And I'm just yeah. like, like starstruck. Like absolutely. Like we, we talked maybe a month, I'd say like, uh, like uh, texting before I even got to meet her. Cause she was still like away at school. Um, like I'm not like that much older than her. I'm three years older than her, but still like a little bit. Um, so she's still like away at school, and like so we we talked for like like I knew, um, like I like the first time we got dinner, I knew she was gonna be my girlfriend before we got dinner. Like I, you know what okay. I mean? I just like you um, just had that connection, like it was yeah, organically yeah. there. You had the you had the the foundation laid, so to speak, uh, through text conversation, and you could build upon that with the in person uh, meeting right yeah yeah totally it was honestly like uh yeah 100 percent. like I, I don't know how to like how to how to describe it but like i i knew going in like i was like like oh i'm gonna i'm about to like date this girl like because like no, no matter what happens she's gonna be my girlfriend and then but like by the end of the night like you know not even a city or anything bad or anything but like but then the night i'm like i'm gonna marry this girl like i already like i knew you like knew. a couple hours yeah i was like it's it's over for me but, <laughs> <laughs> willing to hang up the uh the old belt yeah i, I yeah there's, there's not many notches on it but i was willing to willing to hang it up yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome so i know for um like my wife and i we our first date uh i before going on our first date like we had talked maybe two or three weeks within the app itself and then <clears> um we met for coffee and we she doesn't like coffee but i drank coffee and she drank tea uh and we talked for like three hours and i was just like this is this is fantastic i knew like just from when we were uh exchanging texts back and forth through the app uh like she was babysitting her uh niece and nephews and i was like all right she's a family girl like she likes Boston sports. I like Boston sports. This is, <laughs> this is going to be great. And, uh, you know, from there, it just, it, uh, the, my affection just kept growing for her. And, 
you know, I, I just couldn't contain it. Like we had a wedding date before she had an engagement ring, like at the church, <laughs> setting up a date before there was a ring. And it was just a phenomenal circumstance. And, you know, bumpy road leading up to her, uh, you know, because I was on Tinder, Match, Catholic Match, Bumble, uh, Coffee Meets Bagel. And I was the idiot who would pay for everything because I wanted to have all, like, be able to see whoever was out there that would, uh, you know, like me. And I didn't necessarily like them, but I wanted to see and not miss out on anything. And, uh, you know, we, we joke about it now, but like there was a class action lawsuit with Bumble that they lost and people who paid for it. So I got the wife and I got a $40 check in the class action lawsuit. So. <laughs> it all works out in the end, right? It all works out in the end. <laughs> so, um, all right. Yeah. The, uh, so outside of, you know, meeting your wife and knowing from day one, that was, uh, you know, she was going to be your girlfriend and then turning into your wife. Like, how did you approach the dating atmosphere? Like, do I know that's a very vague and open question, but like, did you have any sort of uh, game plan? Like, were you going in looking at um, prospective talent as whether or not they were wifey material or someone you could bring home to mom? Or were you just like, let's see where this goes? Um. I guess like more, let's see where this goes, but, there, but there's always that little bit of, of the, uh, can she, like, can you bring it home to mom? Like, cause, cause like you, I knew like, um, uh, my, my dad's like a huge family guy. Like I just, I like knew I wanted like, like the house and like the kids and all that kind of shit. And like, obviously like the wife comes with that, I guess. Um, but, um, I just, but at, at the time I really was just like, Hey, like not, let's have fun but just like be cool like whatever happens happens you're 25 20 i think 26 at the time like what is none of this is like like you know what i mean you have plenty of time like so just have some fun and it just so happens in that time of just being like just be happy i met the girl of my dreams you know so nice now um do you have siblings yep i have a brother and a sister okay so I come from a family of uh, four boys and I got two stepsisters, you know, I'm the oldest of the four boys. So mm -hmm. when I went away to seminary, I was like, all right, you know, I caught a lot of shit for it, you know, because of, you know, whatever uh, had happened in the early two thousands with the sex abuse crisis in the church. And like, <laughs> yeah, why, do you wanna, why do you want to go into that? And I was just like, I don't know, we'll see what happens. So I caught a lot of shit for it, but then, uh, when I left, I'm still the only brother to be married. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I gave all of you guys a 10 year head start and I'm still beating you to the finish line. <laughs> but, uh, you know, granted, they, they've got kids and whatnot, uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful girls and boys. And, you know, my wife and I are expecting our first in November. So like, I'm getting ready and we're going to be painting uh, for Labor Day weekend, to the nursery. You know, that sort of stuff has been, uh, you know, a fun challenge and trying to figure out what's going to happen, you know, with life going on. Um, when you guys got married, did you expect a global pandemic to extend your honeymoon to 18 months? <laughs> um, not really, I'd say. Like, I, you could kind of see it coming 
like like when we got engaged, of course not. But like by like November, like December, if you were kind of paying attention on Twitter, like this was gonna be annoying. Um, but I think I, I told you the other day on that on the uh, the other show that we were on. Um, I like like so I took I had uh, two two weeks off for my three weeks off anyway. Like I had the week off before my wedding and then my two weeks off for my honeymoon. Then while we're away, my mother in law is like it's kind of getting crazy over here. You guys might want to think about coming home. We're like, Nope, we're in paradise. Like if we get stuck here, like we'll, we'll survive, you know, and we, we just made a ton of money on the wedding. Like we'll be all right for a few like months here. Um, but obviously like, so we come home. Um, just so happened like the day that we got home, the state like quarantined me, like, like I missed it by like a couple hours. Excuse me. I had a coworker come home also from the Caribbean a day before and he got to work right away. They, they quarantined me for two weeks at the end of the two weeks. My, so my wife's a nurse. She's going to work the whole time. Somehow I pick up a cold or like sinuses at the end of those two weeks. I got deferred another two weeks of work. I, sh- I straight up had six or seven weeks off from work, like for my like wedding. <laughs> like, I'm, so I'm just at home playing video games. I'm like, you know, cutting the grass, washing cars. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow, married life is a freaking breeze. The state's paying me, work's paying me. I'm like, this is the best, man. <laughs> like, I can do the stay-at-home husband thing. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, that's my dream, man. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, so like, you know, if we win the lottery or something because neither of us have high paying jobs. I was like, I'll be the stay at home dad. She goes, hell no, I want to be the stay at home mom. You can get out and work. I said, right. no, if we we'll win the lottery, out. nobody's going to work. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the dream. The, uh, yeah. So you were in the Caribbean for your honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, which part? Um, we went to Cancun. Okay. Well, my wife and I did a, uh, a cruise leaving from Tampa and one of the stops was in Cancun. Oh, nice. Oh, was it Cancun? It might've been Cancun. I it was know. like, I think we went to like Plymouth Harris kind of technically, but as I say, I don't know. The place was sick, so I didn't care. Yeah. But. It was, it was an awesome thing. We, the guidelines that we had was we wanted to do something that neither of us had ever done before or go somewhere we'd never been before. And neither of us had ever been on a cruise ship. So we were like, all right, cruise, it's going to be. <laughs> And then uh, while we were on the cruise, we were the last boat to leave the U.S. uh, to go out. And like the first day, everything was open on the ship. But Mm -hmm. then the second day on the ship, like they had to keep all the doors open. You couldn't serve yourself at the buffet. You couldn't get your own fountain drinks. Like everyone had to do everything for you. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, this this is weird. And then like, you know, we didn't have cell service or anything. You know, we paid for a minimal amount of internet because you know you're not going to be on your phone or you know playing xbox in your uh your estate room but you're gonna you know be spending time you know uh, we call it practicing uh, team building exercises <laughs> uh and you know we did a lot of that but then like when i'd log on to see what's going on it's like, oh, the ML, uh, the NHL and NBA have suspended play. The NFL has suspended play. I was like, oh, this is serious, serious. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when we came home, my wife had immediately been laid off. And, um, you know, my work told me to stay home uh, for like a week and then get tested and then, you know, come in limited. So I went in limited and uh, like gathered what I needed to gather to work at home. And then uh, the governor here in Massachusetts laid out the quarantine. So it was like, 
all right, so we're going to stay at home for the next couple months. And then, you know, by the end of uh, that initial shutdown, like maybe halfway through it, my boss was like, all right, no, come back. Just come back to work. I, I need people here in the office. I don't want <laughs> you to be at home. I was like, all right. So did uh, you and your wife, you guys get married in a church or uh, like justice of the peace type thing? Yeah, we got we got married in a church at uh at like the church she she grew up in and like had all her sacraments at. So this is uh you know I when you're the guy like you always know you don't that's not your you're always gonna lose that fight. Yeah. So uh, I d- I didn't mind too much to, to do it at a different church. Well, that's the the tradition, right? You go to the the woman's yeah. home uh, church and you get married there, and that's what you do. So mm-hmm. I mean, when I. Uh, when I met my wife, like I said, I want to get married in a church. She goes, that's fine. But we have to get married in my church that I grew up in. I was like, that's fine. That's traditionally what would happen. You know, me being good old traditional Catholic boy who's almost a priest. I'm all about that. And then mm-hmm. when she told me the church that she grew up in, I was like, a hundred percent. Yes. Cause it's <laughs> a beautiful church in Boston. Um, it's called our lady perpetual help. The Boston's Basilica things massive and mm-hmm. gorgeous um but yeah church is good um did you always want a church wedding or was that something that she sort of pushed for um yeah i'd say i mean i don't i, I don't care like i never cared um about that like at all but i just i i figured i that would happen like i'd have a church wedding because like my of all would kill me if i didn't like my grandmother which yeah. like if I got like justice of the peace, she'd be like, "What are you doing?" Like you know what I mean. <laughs> so I just can't can't disappoint the Portuguese grandmother. So you got to keep keep, gotta, well gotta happy, keep it in know? the family type thing. Yeah, you know I know uh, you know we're both from Rhode Island, so per capita, <laughs> Rhode Island is the most Catholic state uh, in the union, and you know That's why it's so great. Yeah, it's so small. You know, it's a little neighborhood, and uh, it's. It was a great place to grow up, but I mean, at the same time, I wasn't sad that I got out of there. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it just—it's a nice, nice place to be to raise a family. Um, so you and your wife now married eighteen months, more or less, give or take mm-hmm. a month or so. Um, you know, are you guys thinking about having kids and uh, prolonging the Portuguese reign in that? Uh, that providence section uh that you're in um yeah i mean hopefully we we uh, have kids so we're we're we just like just like decided to start trying you know what i mean we wanted to enjoy being married for a little bit so um well hopefully you know soon um we'll we'll have a look we like like you we have nieces and nephews and um so we're just we're just happy to add to the to the uh the clutter of kids you know the, the cluster around so the cousin well, cluster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. We uh we love the practice part, right? Yeah, yeah. The token. <laughs> it's a great time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh so like when you were talking about enjoying uh marriage and whatnot, the uh COVID obviously has played a damper, you know, in trying to enjoy most of the things within the world because you can't do anything or go anywhere you know except for you know back in the beginning of the summer when they opened things up at memorial day at mm-hmm. least up up here i don't know what uh 
what they were doing down in Rhode Island, even though it's, you know, an hour's drive from here. Mm -hmm. But like they opened things back up, but now it's like, all right, they're starting to reinstitute mask mandates and uh, whatnot. And I'm happy to play the game just because I want life to go back to some sort of uh, semblance of normalcy. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously I want to go to all the appointments uh, with my wife to, uh, she's pregnant, uh, spoiler alert. Um, she she's gonna go to all the appointments for uh, the ultrasounds and what have you. So mm -hmm. it's like you got to wear masks in there, and you got to make sure you got yep. the the vaccination. Like it's like I'll, whatever I got to do to be in the room with her. It's like I'm gonna go ahead and, and do. Uh, yeah. Touching back, going back to like the beginning of what we were talking about, like uh, February 29th. I'm just remembering stories like I was telling people the like she picked the day and you know I tell people oh we're gonna get married on uh, February 29th leap day They're like that's such a guy date to pick like why are you picking a day and like uh it comes up once every four years I was like well she picked it and you know we'll obviously celebrate mm -hmm. our uh, anniversary on the 28th of uh each February but then our idea is that every time that the anniversary will come up on the calendar we'll take like a big trip somewhere big family trip so yeah that's uh, what i was saying that's i was like yeah it's a great idea dude yeah, Just get, you sneak one out a little bit uh, one year earlier you know yeah we'll so. our first trip's going to be to go back to our motherland of ireland and enjoy the coconut oh, nice. whiskey that uh, are involved with ireland hmm. i mean i feel like i gotta go to to Portugal or the Azores at some time, just because it's a dope location. And uh, my brother mm. is involved with a, a Portuguese girl. And I had a cousin who was in the air force who was stationed in Portugal and he loved it, but I don't know much about it outside of that. Yeah. I know. I'd, I'd love to visit as well. I've never been to Europe. But... Yeah. My wife made me go. I hadn't been to Europe until uh, the summer of 2019 and that was the, the first time I went over, went to the Netherlands and Ireland for like a week. And nice. it was a great spot. So outside of, uh, you know, us being anniversary buddies, anniversary brothers at this point, you know, we both got uh, married in church, both want families and stuff like outside of the real world implications of those things we're both fans of Kirkman and I feel like we have to talk a little bit about that. Otherwise that's how you and I uh, got connected and um, mm -hmm. was talking about it. Cause you've got your own podcast uh, that you've mm -hmm. got with a couple other, uh, I think it one's your cousin and one's a, mm -hmm. another family member or friend or something. Um, yeah. There's somebody else from the time I grew up in. Okay. Uh, Sorry. No, it's uh it's awesome. Uh, I first started listening to your podcast because I it came up like in the suggested uh, podcast. Like I didn't even know about it, and I was like, "Oh, what's this?" Mm -hmm. So, how did you get involved, with Kirk Minahan, and then having a parody account, and then having a spinoff? Uh, I'm going to call it spinoff, but it's really a recap of the different personalities within the Minahan universe. Mm -hmm. It's that's like. The first question we ask every guest, which is 
funny. But um, I know, I know, I'm just kidding. Um, so we, so I started listening to Kirk. Um, like I, I always listen to EEI. I found EEI in college just like one day. Uh, I don't know uh, how well you know Rhode Island College, but it's pretty small. Like it's a commuter school. So I'm, I'm sitting in the in the car one day, just scanning, you know, and then I, I hear like the the uh, the sultry tones of like John Dennis, you know, and just like him yapping about something, you know. And then so from there, I, I, I was hooked on EEI early 2008. Um, I listened to it all the time, and then eventually Kirk pops on the K like a. a that is a Callahan. He gets this huge star, but I, but I'd say I really started becoming like a huge, huge fan of Kirk during the Flake Eight. Cause he just was like, he was a freaking bulldozer, man. It was so awesome to hear. They, they were doing their whack troll things. Him and him and Dino just absolutely eviscerating people. You know, they, they joke about it on his show now all the time. But like him, him screaming like, "Did you read the Wells report?" Like, like that's not a joke. Like he like literally was screaming at somebody, like proving, like showing this dude up. You know, just just really was like like he was so friggin' great at the time i would say at the time i was working overtime i was working overnight and uh um i'd sneak away at six six o'clock every morning to hear their opening like like him and well i guess that was KNC, but but just to hear kurt because he was that electric like i like i i you can't miss a second of it if you if you skip one call on the podcast like you don't you miss an, a joke that somebody else like thought was like the funniest thing you know what i mean yeah it's, it's, it's just so so awesome um we started the podcast last year i think um it was honestly bmd's idea he's my cousin um so he for those he of you of, who don't know bmd is blind mike's daddy and uh that's a parody account off of the character blind mike who's kind of like a rotating second chair not really rotating but he's uh <laughs> you know a regular on kirk's uh barstool podcast yeah, so so BMD had like a big what was like a great caller onto the show. Obviously, that since like petered out, but uh, um, he he had this idea to do the podcast for. I, I honestly don't know like what his motives were, or whatever. Like he just thought like we could do something that's kind of interesting. Like, and I, I mean, I we're every listener we have is only because like they want to hear more about Kirk Minahan. Like they want to hear other like people talk about him. Like nobody listens to us because we're compelling. We're dopes. Everybody knows that, and that's fine um but so he just he had that idea he he came up with the parody account he came up with the whole thing he's like who like the one who like people like know who we are because of like him i honestly just i i didn't have a parody account i wouldn't say that i even have a parody account like my account is my own i have uh i express my own opinions the only thing i don't like like i don't have my name out there i obviously stole the name of like the mayor of like the longtime mayor of providence buddy Sancy. Besides for that, like it's all me. Like none of it's like a, an act, really. You know, sometimes like the joke, like like the lulls are. You know what I mean? Like we're like joking around, but like that's really it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We just love yeah. Kirk, man. I wasn't sure how to. So like I had entered into the parody account world, and then like I was in it for maybe six months, and then I was like, all right, I can't, I can't do this because I'm fumbling through different. Like I had my personal account, I had a work account, I had. <laughs> uh, you know, another work account for a different like uh, department. And I was like, I'm going to get drunk one night and I'm going to tweet something from the wrong thing. And it was uh, back when like uh, another uh, personality sneakers was like going on his rampage of outing people. And I was like, I don't know what this guy's uh, capable of doing. So I'm not gonna, I said, I'm just gonna 
exit and get out. Um, but like I had started as a uh, clip Dale, you know, it was right after Dale's binder clip incident with this suit from the playoffs oh, uh, last year. Yeah. Oh, that, what a mess. I got blocked real fast uh, by Dale Arnold. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I, I trans transitioned it into a different parody account called Kirk's fat fuck. I was like, I'm a fat guy. I like Kirk. So let's just do this. That way it can kind of just be me, but still behind the lens of a, a Homer Simpson fat pride character. So I, I like, I always thought it had something to do with like your character had something to do with Dave calling Mike a blind fat fuck. Nope. You know what I mean? Then I'm like, I'm like, oh, then, you know, he's like just calling yourself Mike kind of, you know? No, but, no, no. I was oh, just I like, see. I'm just going to be me. There was a Simpsons episode where uh, Homer was trying to um, build out fat pride, like be fat and be proud about it. So that's the one with the moo. I, th- I feel probably. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, I was talking to a buddy of mine, Kirk's temper. And I'm like, so I'm thinking about transitioning uh, from binder clip to kff he's Mm -hmm. like dude go on that hard send like all the way so i did that and then sneakers decided to ruin the party and i didn't know what his capabilities were of trying to find people out i'm like you know is this guy like anonymous type of uh hacker Mm -hmm. like can he get back like i was like i don't need that kind of heat in my world so i'm like i'm gonna hit the eject button and just totally disengaged from that element of uh, the parody world, but, you know, still followed everybody on my uh, personal Twitter and get re-involved and try to build up into that thing. So it's morphed from my uh, real Twitter accounts, been like a lot of different like Catholic personalities to being overtaken slowly but surely by the Kirk Minahan world. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Like the, uh, the history of my Twitter is like, I, you know, like 2008 got a Twitter. It's like all like into like hip hop and that kind of stuff. And then it was, you know, slides into like all sports and like barstool content. Then like just Manchester United, obviously the, the soccer club I like, like then, um, you know, just politics, just Kirk. And now it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of all of it, but mostly Manchester United and Kirk again. So you must be super excited that Ronaldo's coming to you guys. Yeah, Viva Ronaldo, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, ve- I'm very excited. Um, I I think that there's still like a huge hole in the team that Ronaldo doesn't fi- fix, obviously, but like Viva Ronaldo. Yeah, so I missed out on um, the Kirk wagon when I was – uh, in the seminary because I was down in New Jersey for a bit like mm-hmm. the early the late 2000s so like when he came on into the world like 2008 2009-ish mm-hmm. I was in the New York sports area and mm-hmm. that was great radio as well but like I was talking about New York sports and I did not give a shit about New York sports and then I um, moved over to uh, you know finding out the uh, like New Orleans and whatnot, uh, mm. and then when Deflategate happened, when Kirk had his breakout of yelling at people, I was in the Middle East, living there in Jerusalem. So oh, wow. it was like I missed out on all the the fun stuff. So when I finally came back and moved to Boston, like I just happened to flip on to 
sports talk radio. And I was like, oh, 93 seven is the highest rated. I'm going to go listen to EEI. And I was listening to Kirk and I was like, this is phenomenal. And then like four months into it, he's out the door. And I was like, I'll follow him wherever he goes. And he went to Barstool and mm-hmm. the rest is history. One, one of the things that like is, is like unbelievable about Kirk is like, and maybe, and maybe it says more about me or like, like, or that maybe it didn't come out if he hears that he's going to kill me. Um, but like, like he's so, he probably is not going to listen to this. Yeah. He's so freaking good at what he does that like when I like found Kirk Minahan or like Kirk Minahan's voice for the first time, I was the biggest fucking sporto. Oh, sorry about the hit for it. I was so, I was the biggest sporto that there was. All I, all I did was I consumed like, like ESPN, all sports stuff all the time. Like just trying to learn as much as I could. This is the only thing I was interested in. And like, I, then I start listening to Kirk Minahan. He's, he doesn't talk about sports and I'm like, I, I only care about, you know what I mean? It just changed who I was. Didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I was like watching every Celtics game just because like, I hate, I hate baseball. I won't pretend that I was watching that, like Bruin, like extra Bruin. Like I love the Bruins, but like Bruins games, I normally wouldn't have. I was like forcing it and shit. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, like, I I don't know. It just changed. Like it just changed who I was. Like, I was like, why, why am I so attached to these sports clubs, dude? Like, you know, yeah, he's just he's just so good that he changed everything. He changes the outlooks of people, and the way that he's able to manifest and harness his rage against things is like unparalleled to anybody else. It's so entertaining. He's and the other thing too that he's amazing at is like just like kicking up the hornet's nest. You know what I mean? Like I don't even mean like against him. I just like he knows how to get us going, dude. He knows what to say. He knows like what to do to, to for us to get online, and like just to like. To, I, not not to not, not even to ruin somebody's day. I'm not saying he's doing it in a malicious way, but he knows what to do. Like if he wants something to get trending, he knows what to do. If he wants someone to be, he knows if he wants, if he wants, yeah, if he wants people to talk about Kirk Minahan, Kirk Minahan knows how to do it. Yeah. Like and it's just like it's awesome to watch. The only thing that I had uh, like against him was the way he he says he doesn't care about the fans. Like he doesn't care if you or I listen to it. He doesn't care yeah. about anybody else. And I said, well, that's kind of bullshit because without us, he doesn't exist. And then Kelleher was explaining to me. He goes, he looks at fans the way you know people would look at investments. Like the first dollar doesn't matter. It's gonna be. It's gonna go away real quick. He says. He's his turnover and how the expansion it goes is like investing in a penny stock that blows up to become Tesla. Mm. I just, I just, I, I think part like he, he knows what he's doing and like he's like, I think a part of him really doesn't give a sh- shit what we think. You know what I mean? He wants to do what makes him happy and all that kind of stuff. But like, um, I, I think part of it too, is like, he, he really is like a rich dude. You know what I mean? He doesn't give it like, he's rich enough that he can say what he wants and do what he wants. And if nobody wants to listen to him, he's going to be fine. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I think he, there's, there is, he doesn't an element need Barstool to exist. Oh my, yeah, he could, he's like, he, he said it a few times. And I know I've said that a few times on my podcast, but like he, he's not the kind of guy like Len Ordway and like Dale, who had kids late and who are still who are going to be paying for school and have to worry about that kind of stuff he doesn't have to worry about his kids going to school you know what i mean kind of like he's and once that's paid for like as an adult his house is paid for like i mean i'm, I'm sure he's joking when he says he never had a mortgage but like you know what i mean like what's what's there to worry about just be you and he's out there fucking killing it he is killing it well thanks for coming on to the new balances podcast uh people oh, who want to find your podcast where can they find it um 
almost literally anywhere um what's like it called what we're on um our, yeah that's a good point uh we my podcast is called kirk and off it's a weekly podcast about kirk manahan and the happenings inside of his world um we uh just like i guess we, we just talk about kirk and like when what's going on like week in week out we talk about the show um like if there's drama all that kind of stuff we try to and the other big thing we do is we interview other minute fans same same as you're doing to try to introduce people to to some of our friends that we've met and to just other people like that we want to know like we had little people big world guy on recently he's got a great story um visionless savior but we've had a a bunch of great minute fans on um but yeah you can get an apple podcast spotify anywhere but um thank you so much for having me on seriously yeah thanks for coming on i'll see you in the twitterverse all right see you there peace later brother